Hello, and welcome to Best Sips Worldwide. I'm your drinking companion, Susan Schwartz, an American travel writer living in London. Thanks to my mother's love of martinis, the first words I spoke were shaken, not stirred, and I've been obsessed by the history of cocktails ever since. Through the years, I've been lucky enough to sip some of the best made by the best. Hear that sound? It's time to cozy up to the bar and let me introduce you to the movers and shakers of the world's most famous watering holes. On an island nation where it's summer nine months out of the year, the locals beg you for frozen drinks. But you want to try something completely different. Dinos Constantinides stood his ground and did it his way, making his bar, Lost and Found Drinkery, one of Drinks International's world's best bars. Today he sits down with me to show what it took to put Nicosia on the cocktail map. Thank you for being here with me today. And we are at one of the 50 best bars in the world. In the world. Congratulations. Thank you so much. It's very exciting. It was the second time in a row. Second time in a row. (laughs) And on this tiny island of Cyprus, which is fantastic. Um, and 40 degrees outside. Yeah, 40 degrees. (laughs) Very hot. So we're going to be drinking lots of things with ice later. And um, tell me how you got where you are now. After finishing my studies as, um, in London uh-huh. in business management, University of Westminster, I decided to come, I had to come back to Cyprus. So when I came back, I decided to open uh, the first mobile bar services on the island, 2008 that is. Is that with you as bartender? Yeah, but the funds were limited were very limited. So we had to, we had to buy, uh, actually buy the wood and everything and build the bar ourselves with the help of my, my dad. It was a, a new market. Nobody knew what this kind of service was. So it was very difficult to penetrate the market. Uh, what was it called? What did you call yourselves? Your bartender, bar services. Okay. I did an event for um, a guy who got very excited with this idea and he wanted to invest in this project. We decided to rent a space, so we got this space, and to grow. We said, okay, we need to do a bar school, we're gonna do some bar courses for the professionals, for non-professionals, uh, plus we're gonna have more space for the, um, for the uh, storage uh, while doing events, more to keep the mobile bars, the ice machines and everything. When you were a mobile bar service, Mm -hmm. the kind of drinks you're making, because you've been finalists in many, many Bacardi Legacy championships, um, the cocktails that you were making for this mobile bar service, was it tapping into your creativity or was it pretty much the standards? It was um, a lot different than what the people of Cyprus were used to. So you were allowed to be creative, you yeah, could? Yeah, mm-hmm. this was a thing that we had to differentiate, first of all. There, there, it was, there was two things, you either differentiate or you dilute and you enter, the, you go with the flow, you know? Mm-hmm. Then we said, okay, let's make the place look like a bar, since it's going to be a bar school, why not having, uh, making the look as a bar? So we're picking stuff, old stuff, 
lost and found stuff. Where would you go to find any of these things? Uh, old, old houses and storerooms. So reclaimed furniture, things that people were getting rid of, thus yes. the whole lost mm -hmm. and found. That's, uh, as you can see, cinema chairs, uh, pinball. Old pinball machines. Yeah, uh -huh. 1976. Mm -hmm. It must have been fun. And time wasting. <laughs> it took us nine months to build the place. We want to give this vintage look, this old school, it was um, something new. And uh, to also bring up old cocktails. I guess in Cyprus, this type of bar has never really existed. It was also about giving them the, the chance to have something similar of what they have abroad in here, on, on the island. Right, on the, in the capital city in Europe. Yeah. Mm. But the idea, first of all, was to, was, we, we were focused on the bar school. Um, I have to jump a bit back now. And uh, meanwhile, while, while I opened my company, I was also working at, uh, as a bar manager uh, at a place. I met, uh, I met a guy from Bacardi that time who said, okay, uh, I know what you're doing and I want to have a good collaboration with you. It was the first guy who, who saw a blank, a blank paper and he invested on, uh, he believed on that. First time the place was ready, we said, uh, we had it, uh, we rented the place to Martini to do a big event and uh, the launch of Martini Royale. The night was great, lots of people. They loved the place, although it was still a bar school, had nothing to do with the bar. Serving drinks, music, they had a good time, and that was it. Next day, I woke up and there was the recession. Aye. Uh -huh. Okay. So, the, the banks went bankrupt, the economy crashed, and people had no idea what to do. A lot, a lot of businesses closed down. Uh, immediately, in uh, one week, uh, banks were closed, so people could not get any cash, and uh, they didn't know what, they was, what was going on with their account. Let me guess, you have people knocking on the door, I need a drink, I need a drink. <laughs> so we didn't know what to do uh, as well. Right, of course. We said, okay, who's gonna buy, who's gonna have any more disposable income to rent us? for uh, private bar services, right. no one. And then we said, okay, we need to find, uh, either we leave the country or we find a different revenue stream. And that's what we, that's what we decided to do, to take the risk and to a new open bar. The, the question was, was the market ready for us? I mean, they were used to drink uh, frozen cocktails, not so good ingredients and huge quantities. It was very different than, I remember, I remember when I served the first Sazerac to a customer and he said, where's the rest of it? And <laughs> Why is it not frozen? <laughs> yeah, it was, I told him, this is the original recipe, this is how it's made. And these, so. I assume, because Nicosia is not really on the tourist path that much. Um, I think we get only 3% of the tourists that come to Cyprus. Mm -hmm. So your, your audience really is a local audience. Yeah. 
I mean, up to that point. Now, because you're internationally renowned, I assume people come to see you. We do have a lot of new mm-hmm. new people. Mm-hmm. So, new so yes. even the Cypriots were drinking the frozen drinks. The mm-hmm. it wasn't just the tourists yeah, who yeah, were yeah. coming. Uh-huh. Sweet, so it's really teaching. Sweet, fruity, frozen mm-hmm. uh, mojitos, margaritas, daiquiris. That okay. was it. So, do you dilute your beliefs to appeal to the market, or do you differentiate to attempt to penetrate and educate? Although educate is not the right word, because when people go out and they want to have a drink, they don't want to be educated. They just want to have a nice chat and have an, a nice drink. So, it's all about the experience. But you can tweak that experience. So, the old-fashioned doesn't have to always be the old-fashioned. Mm-hmm. It can you play. Right. You play, yeah. right? And so that was November 2013. Yeah. First so of November 2013. Not even three years ago. Yeah. Uh-huh. And had you started doing competitions then? Um, okay, so this guy I, from Bacardi I met, he said, okay, you go to Beirut and watch a competition. I said, great, uh, I want to I wanna fly to Beirut. He said, two weeks before the competition, he said, You're gonna, you have to compete. I said... I'm not ready to compete. I don't know how, what, what uh, I've never been to any competitions. I wasn't afraid, but I wasn't ready. And he said, no, 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 you have to go and compete. It's a Middle East thing. There are going to be people from Turkey, from Dubai, from Lebanon, Cyprus. So you go. I said, okay, I'm going. I went there and I won. The prize was to fly to Barcelona. What now? All oh, right, you got to back up a little. Yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> so it's a bit. Well, you didn't. So this first competition, you did. You have any plan? Like, what, what, what kind of drink did you make up? I mean, I, you, I, you, I made, you made it, something I made, up very quickly, but then it won. Yeah, I made a drink with uh, pineapple, uh, pineapple pear, cognac, rum, of course, vanilla and lime, uh, which I still have it on the menu because mm-hmm. it sells a lot. So I went there, the prize was to go to Barcelona and watch the global final. Great, I won uh, another trip. Going to Barcelona, I met the global guys and they said, are you competing to the global final? I said, no, I I don't know anything about that. They said, "Uh, no, 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 you have to come, you have to come. Where is the global global finals? I said, Puerto Rico. And I turned to the guy, he, he looked at me, he said, okay, you're going to Puerto Rico and compete to the finals. And that, that's how it started, you know, the mm. whole thing. Mm. Then I met other people there, then the next year they gave me the a free trip to Miami and then I competed again, I won again, and then moved to, uh, had to compete in Russia. Well, you're here doing your thing and I guess there's not much competition. You're pretty much the only one who's doing this kind of thing in Nicosia at that time. Yeah. When you won these competitions, did you think, wait a sec, look at this whole world of people that you made so many contacts and you saw that other people, did you thrive off their creativity and see what they were doing and bring that back to the bar? Yes, that was a, a inspiration, you know, mm-hmm. watching all these legends of the industry and not from YouTube, but I had, uh, you actually had the chance to talk to them and uh, discuss some stuff and see how uh, their techniques and uh, their approach and everything mm. was something that 
you had to it, it was inspired mm -hmm. I'm sure I'm sure so you are a proper bar now yeah at this time proper bar your proper bar now talk me through the menu then so how were your what were your first menus like as we wanted to bring something new a, a total a new experience we also said that uh, we thought to do something with a new menu a new idea and we love the idea of a cocktail map and this is our touch to the cocktail map so as you see it now there's um, around 50 cocktails on it and it starts from light to strong mm -hmm. according to the alcohol uh, volume and then the middle part are the sweet and as you go up it's sweet sour and sour as you go down it's dry sweet and dry and next to it you see there's a small legend here where you see if it's fruity if it's herbal so an apple is fruity then yeah you have some herbs and savory spicy floral yep and then according to the color you see the base on alcohol so the first thing you do is you choose your taste uh -huh. so this is an easy way to to guide you okay so you choose first uh, the box you want according to your preferred taste mm -hmm. so if you like sweet and uh, strong here you go if you if you like sweet sour medium strong you're here and then you see you, cho you choose okay. the, the and you colors choose the glass. and the glass and the glass it. that you're gonna get it in yep mm -hmm. so if you know it's a long drink or in a mm -hmm. martini glass yeah. or champagne glass and then you have it and you do still have some frozens oh wait no no no, no. sorry sorry shaking. no frozen i'm sorry they're shaking <laughs> so here you Daiquiri have margarita. It. Th this is more uh, detailed for example, uh -huh. this with is. with the actual ingredients in it. Yeah. So really, the first time you come in, you get this. Yeah, one of the. I love soup of the day. Is one <laughs> of the. <laughs> so it's whatever you decide. It's like the omakase menu on the Japanese uh, at Japanese restaurants. Whatever the chef wants, right? <laughs> Actually, this is served in a nice old old glass of uh, soup. You know the big mugs. Maybe you have to make one of those for me today. Yep. Uh -huh. And also, all I hear is about your ice. The ice mm -hmm. is in everything. Talk me through the ice. And I saw it was also on your list for quality ice. Oh yeah. Was there so, ice before and then ice after? You know. It's um, in in all the drinks. Either you have a coffee or first of all, let's let's tell everyone that. We live on an island with um, approximately eight to nine months of summer. So the weather is really hot. It gets really, really hot. That's why they were drinking all those frozen cocktails before. Yeah. Good quality ice um, with no salts, no, a lot of filtering and everything. You get, you get less dilution. That means a better drink. Because you don't want to water the drink down, you you want to get um, you're gonna get the you want the temperature to be more cold, not watered down. Mm -hmm. We invested a lot on the ice, as we believe it's more more important ingredient, the most important ingredient, which is um, this is our thinking. It's not about finding new ingredients. You can make 
an old fashion with the great good quality ice and still gonna be the best cocktail. We have the best ice machines. We have four of those, four different shapes of ice and 17 water filters. Yeah. So people can just come and come for the ice, really. It must be incredible. Actually, last night I heard somebody talking about the ice, explaining to, the, to his friend that this is the proper stuff. This is how, how drinks should be. You finish the drink and you st you're still left with a big chunk of ice in the, in the glass. Mm -hmm. That's only because it doesn't melt easily. The global, the global ambassador of Bacardi three years ago, when he first visited the, the place, he said, he told me, uh, Dinos, this is, um, this is something I've never seen like, before on an island. If I had this set up on, a, on uh, the islands I, I do my global events, then that was, it would have been very different. And then I, I realized that I knew it, but it was not until he, he said it that people see Cyprus as an island and not as a country. I see it as a country because, you know, I'm, I'm here all, all the time. And uh, that was really, it made me feel really good that he, he, he sees something that not other places have, which is this great setup. Right, and I, I assume that it, it it draws people in. People who are interested in cocktails want to come to these 50 best bars. Mm -hmm. I know I want to work my way through them. And so, you know, you are making Nicosia now one of, you know, helping to make it much more popular. One of the places to come, a destination to come to experience something that you can't get anywhere else on the island but here which is really important for Nicosia as a capital city. Yeah, I believe. And uh, the word you said, experience, that's the mm -hmm. best description. Because it's not about serving drinks. We don't serve drinks. It's, uh, we give a, a, the whole experience. Of, uh, from the, you, you, you want the theatrical, you want the nice presentation of the drink, you want a um, good approach to the customer, to the guest. Um, the service and uh, all this kind of stuff. On an island where the main GDP comes from uh, tourism, it was unacceptable to have, to, not to have good quality uh, drinks as well. Because uh, if you see, if you go back and see Denmark, how Copenhagen built the, the, their tourism now, is all about uh, the restaurants. And you have top quality restaurants, Michelin star, that, and, and people actually travel to Copenhagen just to have that experience. Have you seen there be a change from your locals of what they want in the time that you've been here, the three years open? Are they much more open to trying new things now? Oh, definitely. Definitely. That's where the difficult part comes now. Okay, small uh, city more or less the same customers so you need to keep them uh, to keep that interest so it's uh, we're now in the third year that's why our menu uh, we have more than 50 cocktails on on the menu because the same people coming so i cannot have a short short uh, cocktail list you need to 
update and update and update and keep the old ones because they they love them and they want them. Will you change the menu? Do you think? Do you see that in the future of changing, adding? I do. I, I do, do it all the time. You do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. at least three times a year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we also bring new ideas, new cocktails, uh, with in a different uh, presentation of the menu. Let's go make a drink now. We need it. So next time you are planning that beach holiday to Cyprus, make sure you leave time to head to Nicosia to sample one of his award-winning cocktails. Heads up, though, if you order a mojito, it always comes in a plastic cup. We fly all the way to Peru via London on our next show to find out what the heck Pisco is and why it's suddenly all anyone can think about right now. Fabiano Latham, drinks consultant and Pisco maven, talks us through why we should all be ordering Pisco Sours the next time we sidle up to a bar. Until next time, bottoms up. For more information and links to everything you've heard about, plus a bit more, please visit bestbitsworldwide.com. Thanks for listening to Best Sips Worldwide, a spin-off of Best Bits Worldwide. Always remember the wise words of Oscar Wilde, all things in moderation, including moderation, and never drink and drive. Okay, I said that last part. Theme music is by Stephen Shapiro and used with permission. You'll find me at the bar 